Good morning. This is Teal Town USA with breaking news on a developing story from multiple sources and including the San Jose Sharks. Evander Kane is on unconditional waivers with the intention of terminating his deal with the San Jose Sharks. We welcome you to Teal Town Live. Uh, this is where uh, we will discuss this uh, developing story. Uh, if you want to be part of this, you, by all means, use the super chat option uh, in the uh, page or the app. And of course, follow us on the social for continuing developments on the story. Find everything at tealtownusa.com. Uh, I am Eric Kerr alongside Hockey Jerk Jerk. Good afternoon. Good morning. What a day. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I think it's worth saying right from the beginning, you know, it, it, it's 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 a very tough position to be happy about somebody losing their job. But given everything that's transpired really the last four years and especially everything that's happened recently, I ultimately I think this is the right move. You know, I think it's worth saying like like. You know, you want to have some kind of, I, I don't even know. I mean, like the guy, the guy, he's not done anything to earn anybody feeling bad for him, but I don't know. You still hope that he can get his life in, 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 in check and hopefully try to be a better person. There's, there's that fine line, right? It's like, yay for the sharks. And of course, sharks fans, a lot of them are probably saying uh, hallelujah uh, but at the same time, you do hope that, you know, with the time that he has now, uh, that you hope that there's some help and that he can acknowledge that help and get get that uh, moving forward for his life, for his sake, for his life and everything. Um, so let's just break it down. The, the, the Sharks announced and it was kind of basically it was Elliot Freeman that had the shot. Uh, had the tweet yeah, first. Yeah, the the fridge bomb. <laughs> yeah, the fridge bomb, uh, dropping not even what maybe thirty minutes ago. Uh, yeah, a that, little over. That uh, that, uh, that the sharks were going to place Evander Kane on unconditional waivers to terminate his deal. Uh, the sharks put out a press release, uh, not even yeah about thirty five minutes ago. Uh, the San Jose Sharks have informed Invander Kane that he has been placed on unconditional waivers with the intent to terminate his contract for breach of his NHL standard player contract and for violation of the AHL COVID-19 protocols. The club will have no further comment on this matter. Um, so a so, couple of things to, to, to take note of here. So this is <clears throat> this is not a it's not a mutual termination. It's not, it's not the shark saying, "Hey, we want to get rid of you," and Evander Kane saying, "Hey, I want to leave," and it's mutual, and they just agree to walk away from each other. This, you know, by all indications and by all wording, this is the sharks making a unilateral move to terminate Evander Kane's deal based on, obviously, vi you know, breach of contract, violation of the rules of the league, and everything like that. And so what I mean to say by that is by this being a unilateral move by the Sharks, it does leave the NHLPA open to file a grievance right. should they choose to. And considering everything that has gone on within the last, oh gosh, not even six months uh, for Evander Kane, 
Uh, you, you have to wonder what on earth happened in the AHL for mm-hmm. Evander to um, kind of breach these COVID protocols at, at this point. Yeah, it, it does make you wonder because, you know, it's been... You know, it's been it's been well discussed, obviously, the last couple of months, you know, violating the NHL COVID protocols, allegedly submitting a fake vaccine card. We don't know if that's actually what happened, but by all accounts, that is what happened. And now, you know, it says here, as you mentioned, violation of the AHL COVID protocols. And, you know, our friend Shang, you know, Shang said that it sounded like Kane was going through it pretty bad with right. the COVID. Right. Right. Um, there, there was a, uh, a pretty sizable number of positive tests from the Barracuda and it sounded like everybody was asymptomatic or had mild symptoms except for Evander Kane and so obviously you have that in the back of your mind and then you see here he violated the protocols in the AHL so as you said Eric it just makes you wonder like what now you know what I mean and especially somebody who especially somebody who wanted to wanted to try and rehab their name and you know get back in the NHL and and sort of move on with their life and, and, and claim to want to be a better person. Who's to say if that's actually the truth, but it yeah. just, it just made, it, it opens a lot of questions and it, and you know, I feel like speculation is kind of dangerous in this situation, but it does make you wonder. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to overstep boundaries and wonder as to what, what the case was or something, but uh, to, to go through the 21 game suspension, uh, with him, put him in, you know, put him in that awkward situation after his first practice with the Barracuda, which yeah, that joke of a press conference. Yeah, I mean the the tough part is, you know, with that, we'll throw in the ESPN interview with Linda Cohn. That know, was also a joke, by the way. Yeah, I mean it's it's honestly uh, everybody. It comes off as everybody else's his. It's his their fault for right. it uh and i i think there has to be something and we probably won't ever find out as to what in the world happened uh as to uh what led to this day i mean the barracuda played last night they lost f- five to one to the henderson silver knights uh evander king wasn't on the ice for th- for that game and but like you said you've gone through all this turmoil. I mean, it's this whole thing started out really, really rosy and hopeful that everything will be changing, with you know Joe Thornton picking him up from SFO overnight to welcoming him here, and and see, things seem to be looking great for him. His first time he scored a hat trick, first time he scored four goals in a game, first time mm-hmm. he got to play into the playoffs, uh, and it just spiraled down from there. Right. And, and, and it, it does, you know, considering all of that stuff, I mean, obviously we, you know, we all know what we know now. Right. But at the time, you know, it was it was kind of believable that maybe the Sharks, you know, they could help, I guess, rebuild the narrative. And, you know, I I know I I bought into the Redemption Tour. You bought into yep. the Redemption Tour. And obviously we were both wrong to do that. But. It just it like I said, considering how many opportunities he was given on this redemption tour and how how everything appeared to be going well for him. It just again, it's kind of, you know, it 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 doesn't surprise like it's not a surprise because it's like 
they've done it before they do it again and so it's kind of like yeah that's just who you are but at the same time it seem it just it it really makes you wonder like what is what's going on on the personal level you know what i mean like why does this keep happening and maybe it's just to, maybe it's just as simple as evander kane's not a good dude i don't know you know what i mean but right. it's like i said there there's a lot to think about there's a lot to there's a lot of moving pieces to the situation and you're right like i would be surprised if we if we find out 10% of everything going on right I and mean, the sharks usually try to keep a lot of things quiet as much as possible uh they they aren't going to come out and say anything else for that matter. They're they're pretty much done with it. Uh, we we technically speaking, this is a Joe Will uh, issue. The, you know, we have not heard if Doug Wilson has returned uh, to the organization. Well, he was dealing with a uh, a medical matter. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but now let's talk about on the case for the Sharks here. So, un- barring something crazy. And I can't, I can't see anybody, you know, picking him up on unconditional waivers. Uh, his contract's going to be terminated. Like you said, the PA might uh, yeah, play, file a grievance for this. But for the Sharks, what does this mean for them going forward? Well, for starters, it you know, the Sharks... They're going to pick up some cap space, you know, by having by having Evander Kane in the AHL, you know, he's he's not costing the full seven million. He's costing just over five and three quarters. So they saved a bit of money by having him in the AHL there. But now, you know, if this termination goes through and, you know, assuming uh, the NHL doesn't file a grievance or if they do, you know, it doesn't come to fruition. The Sharks are going to find themselves with even more cap space. Um than they had just by sending him to the AHL. And, you know, according according to Cap Friendly, you know, once everything goes through, the Sharks would be looking at, you know, ju- just a hair over $7 million in cap space. And that's also with a pretty full roster and a taxi squad. So you could even make the argument that that, uh, you know, that that cap number would go up just by virtue of roster transactions and that kind of stuff as the roster gets healthy. But it puts the Sharks in an interesting position. You know, I think obviously the que- the first question on everybody's mind, you know, whether the Sharks are first, worst, or in the middle, the question is how do you spend this cap space, right? right. And we kind of talked about it before. I, I don't know that you do. Like I wonder if you just keep bank. I mean it's kind of – there's a couple different routes they can take this. They can just keep banking the cap space and then take on bad contracts at the trade deadline – or not bad contracts, rather um, retain salary contracts at the deadline like they did last year and acquire some picks out of it. That's an option. An option is to maybe sniff around the league and see, hey, is there a guy out there available for trade who we can keep beyond this year? Somebody like Jake DeBrus comes to mind. Even though he's not signed after this year, he is a restricted free agent. That's something to think about. You know, I wonder, and especially too with, I mean, how long have we been talking about it, right? The Sharks can't score goals, it seems. Like right. it would it would make a lot of sense for them if, if they do want to claim to be a competitive team, it would make a lot of sense for them to try and acquire somebody, a, a, a decent player who has some term left, you know, somebody that can be, um, you know, as Doug Wilson likes to say, for now and for the future. Right. I, I, I wouldn't right. you know, I wouldn't fire it up on a rental. I, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, somebody I think who's going to be here long term or you just save it and you use it to help teams who need to retain salary down the road. Yeah. And to me, I think it's the first part. Like you said, I think 
right now the Sharks are kind of in that limbo. They're right on the bubble of the playoffs. But let's be honest here. What's the plan going forward? Do you use this money for Tomas Hurdle? Do you use this money for Barabanov, who I know you you are like eagerly <laughs> anticipating? Give, just they should just give the seven million to Barabanov, right? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, what? <laughs> Hang on here. But I mean, there's there's definitely some ideas as to what they want to use this this for. Getting out of the terminating of his contract is a is a big one. You get scot free. You're not leaving with you know part salary. You're not buying him out. Um, right. You know, and if the Sharks can do this, uh, that's a huge win to get out of a contract from a player that's given them headaches within the last. I mean, let's be honest, within the last twelve months. I mean, six months from when every when stuff really hit the fan, but everything going on with his bankruptcy case and and such, you know. Yeah, really, last January was kind of when the the snowball started forming, right? Right. You know, with his whole bankruptcy uh, issues and and definitely owing a casino uh, a decent amount of money. And then, of course, uh, July 31st hit with the uh, Instagram post from his his now estranged wife, Anna, uh, along with a number of, you know, back and forth on social media. Uh, which just did not look good for not just for Evander, but for the Sharks organization, who really, let's be honest here, outside of one incident in 2006, really haven't gone through any th- sort of a PR nightmare like this before. Yeah, it's it's definitely been in you know an unprecedented kind of situation um, with everything that's going on, especially for you know. Like I said, we, this snowball started forming last July, uh, last January, and it's it, it's been a lot for for one year, right? And 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 I think I think it goes without saying, a lot of people, myself included, you know, it's it's kind of a relief to know that this headache and this distraction is is pretty close to going pretty close to going going away obviously as we mentioned at the top you know the PA the PA is probably going to want want to have a conversation about this and as they should i mean whether or not you believe it's morally right or wrong for them to want to talk about it it is their right to talk about it right and so obviously that's going to be a conversation and we'll see you know um it's going to all go from there and you know we kind of talked about it just before um you know, just before we, we went live, but I'm wondering, obviously he's in the AHL um, and, you know, he only played a handful of games there, obviously. And, you know, he was out in off the Sharks main roster, out of the locker room, you know, even though he's on the Barracuda, out of sight, out of mind for the Sharks players. But I, I, I am still wondering if him, I am still wondering if him being in the organization and that small possibility of a, come back on the table i wonder if i wonder if it was still an anchor for some of the sharks players like even though he's not he wasn't there it makes me wonder if the possibility of him coming back was still weighing on guys and maybe it wasn't maybe maybe it was maybe it wasn't but it's just something i think is is worth thinking about too because it's like like we said there's a lot going on you know there's a lot to think about it with this situation 
and, and it's not like it's just some you know throwaway player and just you know hanging out in the AHL getting the call up here and there I mean this guy was your your leading scorer over the last couple of seasons where you had issues scoring offensively dealing with injuries like from Couture and Hurdle a couple of years ago um, Meyer had his ups and downs Kane was kind of that consistent guy doing it all and I think we even pr- were praising him considering everything that was going on uh, in in his personal life he's going out and playing some pretty decent hockey um, which which leads to that now with his contract being terminated barring any any issues any red tape um, he's considered a UFA uh, and if he signs before March 21st, he will be eligible to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who on earth might want to grab a guy like that now that you can, you know, pay him whatever you, you your heart desires. You're not on the boat for at least half or, or this full deal. Yeah, I think, I don't know, because as, as we've seen... Um, as we as we've seen with the NHL, you know, there's a lot of teams and a lot of people they're willing to look past a lot of stuff, and it, uh, you know, it, it it wouldn't surprise me if honestly as as soon as as soon as you know the contract is cleared, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if if it's known that certain teams have interest uh, in Evander Kane. Like I said, there's a lot of people willing to let stuff go and, and ignore certain, excuse me, certain stuff. And I don't know, I'm kind of of the belief. And I think the sharks are too, even though, even though I personally think the sharks didn't go about this whole situation in the best way, you know, they still said, Hey, this guy was our best player last year, but there's still a lot of baggage that we're not really comfortable with. And so we're going to remove him again. Didn't really go about it in the best way, but ultimately I think what they were trying to do, I think, I think they tried to do the right thing, right? right? And, you know, not every team is going to be like that, especially, you know, teams who who think they have a chance uh, at making, at winning, you know, winning a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, they're going to say, well, this guy scores 30 goals, and that's all we need him to do is score 30 goals for us. And I don't know. I mean, it, I it's hard for me to say, oh, this team or that team, but I'm, I'm certain teams will be interested now that there's, you know, there's no you know, no term left. I mean, it was going to be three years after this year. And even at the bare minimum of, you know, even at the bare minimum, uh, bare minimum salary based on retention and everything, he was still going to be uh, a $2 million player. And so if you could, you know, a team that's going to be able to get him for just the rest of this season at league minimum, it's, it's going to be attractive, attractive to them again, whether, whether or not you think that's morally right, that's just the way it is, you know? Right. Uh, and that's going to be an interesting one to see how, who's after him, how much do they pay them, uh, and go from there. Um, I, here's a question I, I haven't kind of, and Cardiac19 mentioning it, what would be the cap penalty or revenge going to be? Um, well, if, be um, so if, um, you know, if nothing, so say the NHLPA, say they don't file a grievance, or they do and they don't win the grievance, then nothing. Um, say say the NHLPA they file a grievance and it ends up being that the the PA is in the right and 
the Sharks, you know, the Sharks made an error by unilaterally terminating his contract. It could be as as simple as a cap penalty, similar to the Mike Richards situation, or it could be a situation of you are not allowed to terminate this contract, so you're stuck with the whole thing. You know, it, it's kind of kind of all ends of the spectrum. You know, I mean, the, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, the best case scenario for the Sharks is that the PA doesn't file a grievance, or they do and they lose the grievance. I mean, that's the best case scenario for them. And, and that would be the best is to just, you know, kind of just wipe the hands clean of it. If they do have a penalty, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, the, the way I kind of explain that is, is which, you know, 500,000 is a lot nicer than 7 million. True. <laughs> that's I mean, kind of how, how I think how, about it. How, how refresh me with the Mike Richards thing in regards to, they terminated his deal, and what's the what's the cap space or cap penalty that the Kings so, are doing? So the Kings, the sh- you know the short version of the story is the Kings were already looking to get out of the Mike Richards contract. You know they it was a contract they wanted to move um, or get themselves rid of, and you know they uh, Mike Richards was detained at the Canadian border for trying to bring a an illegal substance across the border. Some say it was pills, but I don't know that it's ever been confirmed. And the Kings were like, Oh, Hey, Whoa, broken rules, terminate, gone Bye, See you later. And it was like, Whoa, okay. Like he hasn't even been charged with anything. You'd heard about this 10 minutes ago, like, and you're terminating the deal. So, you know, the PA did file a grievance and they ended up, you know, they ended up determining that, yeah, the Kings were in the wrong by doing this, but they still, you know, they still allowed him, uh, to leave the LA Kings, but you know there was a recapture penalty of five years, and that was 1.3 million dollars a season. Um, but there was also a termination fee on the cap as well for <laughs> hold your breath, 17 years um, of varying numbers. The highest being 1.8 million, the lowest being 250 thousand. So really, wow. not, not that big of a deal. But and and again, I think you're only going to see a Mike Richards situation if the PA files a grievance and it's and it's determined that the Sharks, you know, were in the wrong by terminating this deal. Yeah, and I think there are a number of reasons uh, which the Sharks, you know, obviously didn't go through uh, in in the press release. But uh, again, we would have to speculate if anything as to something must have gone down uh, recently with the Vander Kane uh, for the Sharks to warrant this. Uh, so it, this will become a developing story. It is a developing story. We'll see what transpires uh, down the road. Uh, Jerk, thank you as always, my friend. I appreciate you jumping on, uh, having and- found the knowledge for uh, uh, f- explaining a lot of this to our uh, to our fellow viewers and listeners. Yeah, and 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 I think too, kind of one one uh, last thing, sort of to think about too, when the you know as Evander Kane's suspension was getting ready to be up and over with, um, you know the NHL said and the Sharks were told and every everybody was saying, um, you know, the suspension is the punishment for violating the NHL COVID protocols. So again, whether or not you believe that is right, that's how the NHL saw the situation was the 21 game suspension was a justified 
punishment for violating the protocols. Now that the contract has been terminated, you know, however long, six weeks, six weeks after the fact, and, you know, mentioning of the AHL COVID protocols, this is a separate incident from what transpired over the fall. So in other words, somebody didn't learn their lesson. Exactly. So we, and also one more thing, totally unrelated uh, for the game tonight, obviously you're going to catch after dark. I'm assuming Eric will be there with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And um, Nick Benino just put into the COVID protocol today. Along with assistant coach John McLean, the Sharks PR just tweeted this out yep. just a moment ago. Uh, so Benino, assistant coach John McLean, uh, joined Logan Couture and Lane Pearson in uh, Sharks members in the organization that are in the league's pro- COVID protocols. So Benino is out. Uh, you're going to see somebody, you know, else get into the lineup. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. I mean, after, you know, thankfully today, today is Couture's last day on the protocol. So that's obviously good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you know, it's going to be another interesting lineup for tonight, to say the least. I mean, could we see, you know, top six? forward scott reedy i mean (laughs) who's to say right (laughs) right i mean it's it's gonna be interesting and oh by the way you're playing against your former goaltender in martin jones uh you know can nick merkley finally get into the lineup uh he's been wanting to prove himself in 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 the nhl uh with the sharks so there's that so to reiterate again the Sharks place Evander Kane on unconditional waivers for the purposes of terminating his contract. Uh, and, of course, just coming down just a couple of minutes ago, Nick Benino and assistant coach John McLean are now uh, in COVID protocol, uh, which means the Sharks will have a very interesting lineup uh, to go into in less than four hours as they take on the Philadelphia Flyers. So that'll do it for here. Uh Please, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button right now on uh, on our YouTube channel. We will be back on uh, after the Sharks take on the Philadelphia Flyers. That's a 4 p.m. start uh, from from Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. We'll be back here with with myself, Felix Chow, and Ian Reed for a very interesting uh, Teal Town After Dark. Remiss to say. Hockey Jerk is great with uh, AJ on the Pucknologist. They'll be breaking down their thoughts on uh, the Kane situation uh, on Sunday night at 7 p.m. So be on the lookout for that. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Of course, hit that notification bell. That'll notify you when we do go on the air uh, like this. We There won't be any prep for anything. We will just come on the air to uh, inform you of the situation. So with that, thank you for watching. Uh, We will be back with you. Real quick. Go ahead. Real quick. Shout out to PJ48, $5 super chat. Thank you very much, PJ. Appreciate it. Uh, we, when news breaks, we like to try to break it as much as possible and break it down for everybody to be informed as to what's going on with the day-to-day operations with the San Jose Sharks. So, Jerk, your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, it's a good day if you're the Sharks. Um, you know, assuming everything happens the way they want, um, soon they'll be able to clear everything out with this whole situation and they can um, 
you know, there's a a lot to look forward to. You know, they can kind of put everything in the past. And um, Kevin Weeks also saying there's a chance there could be a grievance, but also saying he would be a free agent tomorrow. So um, based on that, it sounds like they're going to want to get some action on on this situation as soon as possible. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, <laughs> and Dustin, thank you very much uh, for your donation, nine ninety nine. Uh, about time I donate, LOL. I, we appreciate all the donations. Of course, if you're not aware, donations do go help support uh, keeping this whole thing afloat. So we appreciate each and every one of you on that one. Again, After Dark following the Sharks and Flyers tonight, and then Pucknologist tomorrow night at 7 p.m. with Hockey Trick and AJ. So until later this afternoon and evening, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a good afternoon, everyone.